Do you remember the name Larry Nasser? Former USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser has been sentenced for sexually abusing young athletes. More than 265 victims have come forward since the scandal broke, including Olympic gold medalist. The former team doctor for USA Gymnastics is now a convicted child sex offender behind bars for 175 years. In this episode, we'll be looking at the case, and I should warn you, it contains graphic descriptions of sexual abuse. Much of it only came to light when footage of the survivors facing Larry Nasser in court made global headlines back in 2018. Another day of emotional, heartbreaking accounts of abuse at the hands of disgraced former USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser. Larry Nasser, I hate you. Who was the doctor that USAG sent to keep us healthy? The doctor that was our abuser. A prolific sex offender was convicted and jailed for life. You might think that's where the story ended. But for many survivors, that was just the start of a long fight for justice in the sport they love. We saw this man in a jumpsuit in court being faced by hundreds of women. He was this awful monster. It was so clear-cut. And he went to jail for a very long time. And a lot of people, I think, feel that it's okay to sit back on their laurels and say, well, we dealt with him. But actually, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, inside the toxic world of elite gymnastics. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. followed it in the same way that a lot of people did when it was dominating global headlines, particularly around the time of the hearing. Rebecca Myers is a reporter for The Times and The Sunday Times. She focuses on women's sports. I was quite shocked by how little progress had been made or how many roadblocks they were still coming up against. You know, there was still a lot of change that hadn't happened that survivors were desperate to see. Rebecca has been speaking to one of those survivors the one who first went public with allegations about Larry Nasser, Rachel Den Hollander. She was born in Michigan. She was a club gymnast, not an elite gymnast or, or a national champion or anything, but just a, a girl who absolutely adored gymnastics. I think gymnastics hold this place for so many young girls of just this extraordinary sport and this sport where you defy gravity. 
watch this as she leaves the table. Her body just explodes like out of a cannon. Look, she's still going up. And look still at the going up. Beautiful. Check out the landing. Oh. You're spinning, you're jumping, you're leaping. Absolutely beautiful moves you can do. Terrifying in some ways to watch, I think, particularly if you're not a gymnast, and I'm definitely not a gymnast. <laughs> I um, knew the feeling. Yeah, but it's, it's a really beautiful sport to watch, and it's been a sport beloved by young girls for decades now, and Rachel actually has three daughters herself, and she said, you know, the oldest is six, they're getting to the age where they want to take part in gymnastics too. You know, I'm sure they've seen it on TV. They know friends who do it. And, and she, at the moment she says she won't let them do that because she doesn't trust that they would be safe. I think one of the things I really got from her was just, you know, her original love of the sport until her teens when she met Larry Nasser. Hi, Rachel. Can you hear me all right? I can, yes. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for taking time to talk to me this evening. Um, oh, sorry, this afternoon, your time. <laughs> I was quite honoured to speak to Rachel, actually. Um, almost starstruck isn't sort of quite the right word, but in a sense, because she's really the woman who opened the floodgates for all the allegations of abuse against Larry Nasser. And they were sort of very heavy, proverbial floodgates to push open. And what she did, we ended up with hundreds of women coming forward saying this happened to them too. Larry Nasser was a doctor of osteopathic medicine. He qualified in the early 90s. But by that point, he'd been working in gymnastics for quite a while. He was promoted to the national medical coordinator of the USA gymnastics team in 1996 and stayed there till 2014, around the time that allegations began to emerge about him. So he would travel to camps and Olympics, competitions alongside the team and, and treat the girls there and... There's this amazing clip I saw from 2011 at the National Championships where one of the athletes has a really nasty fall, like a really loud bone crack that sort of makes you shudder a bit. And um, NASA rushes over and the commentator says he keeps these women together. At the time, it would have been a completely normal thing for him to say because he was seen as this guy who came in and fixed these girls and made sure they could go out and train through the pain and keep going for gold and all of that. Rachel Den Hollander was one of those gymnasts. She was just 15 when she was referred to Larry Nasser, and that's when the abuse began. And just a warning, some of the details are shocking. Rachel had a series of treatment sessions with Nasser. One of which her mum was in the room for. It's a horrifying fact, but it's actually quite important, I think, in understanding a bit about how Nasser worked and why he was able to do what he did for so long. What was he doing to girls like Rachel? He would basically penetrate them with his fingers, ungloved, and in some occasions massage their breasts as well. And the very sort of dark thing about this is that in some ways he was quite open about what he was doing. He would talk about it as a medical technique, which we know it was not, but that was quite important in how he legitimised it and particularly how he confused a lot of the girls into not understanding that it was abuse. What was it supposed to be a medical technique for? So NASA would describe it as a legitimate medical technique. He would talk about something called myofascial release or intravaginal adjustment. Pelvic floor physical therapy could be used, but they are 
extremely rare. Obviously, they're done with gloves, a lot of consent, some cases signed forms, things like that. But NASA would do them all the time to all of these hundreds of women. I've heard that he did PowerPoint presentations about the pelvic floor. He was quite above board with some of it, which I think was part of the scale of the deception that he managed to kind of engineer. So it's very important to remember that a lot of the girls did not realise they were being abused at the time because this was a trusted doctor who they were told to go and see, who, even when they you know discussed it with others, would often find out was doing it to everybody else. For so long, he hid behind medical jargon as a way of explaining what it was that he was doing. It really takes a community response to be able to stop an abuser and an abusive organization. And so we have to understand these dynamics if we're going to do better the next time. So how did Rachel deal with what had happened to her? She actually didn't really tell anyone for years. Never filed a police report. You know, she knew how victims were treated. She knew what kind of stigma was attached to victims, how little they were often believed. And she knew how powerful he was. But then, a newspaper, the Indianapolis Star, began reporting accusations that USA Gymnastics was covering up claims of abuse by coaches. Those reports were a turning point for Rachel. She decided to contact the journalists. The reason that I came forward with my story about Larry and that he was uh, you know, eventually even... Uh, prosecuted and that some measure of justice was done was because the Indy Star ran an expose on abusive coaches. Mm. Uh, So there there were hundreds and hundreds of coaches who had abused likely thousands of children um, who were just allowed to hop from gym to gym and to continue. She realised at that point that NASA just couldn't be stopped with anonymous claims and that unless people came out and said, you know, this is who I am, this is my face, this is my name, these are my medical records... Rachel is, it's important to point out, a trained lawyer and, you know, she turned up well-armed with all the documents she knew she would need, all the kind of history and background thoroughly researched because she knew what it would take to bring this man down. And she said to me it was really important to her that women after her felt that they could be anonymous. Nowadays, pretty much everybody who was abused by NASA is on the record publicly and, and has their name, you know, on the settlements and out there in the open because it's just the sheer number of women involved. There's a great strength of numbers, safety in numbers there. But she had to be that person to do that first. And, and one of the things I said to her was, you know, did that take a toll on you? How did that feel and she said I'm not the I'm not the woman I was three years ago and it's been an enormous burden for her to carry. I mean she had to face NASA himself in court. What was that like? That was an extraordinary moment. I do want to thank you first, Judge Aquilina, for giving all of us the chance to reclaim our voices. As part of the conviction that NASA eventually got, which runs to about 175 years in prison, the judge said as part of that that He had to sit there while every single victim who wanted to read out an impact statement in front of him. And it was televised. It ran for several days. And it was just women after women after women. You convinced my parents that you didn't stick your fingers in my adolescent vagina. But I knew when it was time to use my first tampon, not to worry, because my hymen wasn't intact. You used my body for six years for your own sexual gratification. That is unforgivable. I feel my own sense of guilt because I was 16 years old and I should have stopped this monster from hurting other girls because I knew that what he did to me was wrong. 
But you thought that since you were a doctor that you would never have to pay the price and that you could just do the things you did because of your position. But how wrong you were. You have underestimated how powerful and strong all of us are. Larry Nassar's actions had already caused me significant anguish. But I hurt worse as I watched my father realize what he had put me through. My father and I did our best to patch up our tattered relationship before he committed suicide in 2016. And it was, I think anyone who saw that, it was an extraordinary moment, a really watershed moment. And Rachel was, if not the last, she was one of the final women to stand up and the judge called her the bravest woman who's ever been in her courtroom. Thank you. You are the bravest person I have ever had in my courtroom. Thank you. Thank you. And she very famously said, how much is a little girl worth? I realize you have many factors to consider when you fashion your sentence, but I submit to you that the preeminent question in this case as you reach a decision about how best to satisfy the dual aims of this court is the same question that I asked Judge Neff to consider. How much is a little girl worth? How much is a young woman worth? And her, I think for her and for, for most of the victims, that moment to be able to stand in front of him and say, this is what you took away from me, was a really important part of how they were able eventually to, to try and move on. I do think it would have been massively cathartic for her and, and particularly, I think, important for her to see all of those other women there because if Rachel hadn't spoken, none of this would really have happened. One of the leading lawyers says there's every chance that NASA could still be out there abusing children if it wasn't for Rachel. But for Rachel and others, Nasser's conviction was just one moment in the centre of a long and still ongoing fight for justice. In recent days, there's been a blaze of publicity around the case as survivors are demanding more accountability from USA Gymnastics. Basically, there has been no settlement reached for these gymnasts. USA Gymnastics have not paid up. USA Gymnastics offered a settlement on the basis that it would release a number of quite key individuals from further scrutiny. And the athletes unanimously rejected this. They were horrified by this offer. Everybody who I've spoken to called it just a slap in the face, you know, a complete insult. So earlier in the month, they filed a motion to actually seek explicit depositions from people who were involved in the Olympic Committee at the time and sort of, I guess, get to the bottom of what they knew. The first complaint about Nasser's behaviour was made back in 1997. Yet he wasn't charged until 2016, nearly 20 years later. In that time, he was able to carry on abusing girls. There was a real system of impunity, a real system of cover-up, a lot of the alleged going on that, that basically stopped this from coming to light. So there were so many layers to this and there were so many different forums in which he was abusing girls. It was not just the Olympic team, it was also the Michigan State University. It was also local gyms like the Twist Stars Gym in Michigan and, and smaller clubs. And, you know, adults would refer 
kids to him from hearing about how good he was from other adults. It's really hard to understate how well respected Larry Nasser was and, and how well thought of he was. He actually ran for a local school board in 2016 after allegations had been made about him and what he was doing to young girls. And he got 22% of the local vote. So wow, that's just to give you a sense of quite how much of a hold he had over people locally. The newspaper who published the initial allegations against him had, you know, people writing in. You can't say this about this man. This is such a, he's such a bastion of our community, those kind of things. Really? So, yeah, he was, he was very well regarded. Rachel may have been the first person to go public, but other athletes had complained internally about his behaviour. The first gymnast to report NASA's abuse to USA Gymnastics directly was known as Athlete A. Athlete A was the term used to describe who we now know to be Maggie Nichols, um, who was a champion gymnast on the US national team, thought to be this kind of almost like a bit of a prodigy. You know, she was the golden girl. She was going to win at the 2016 Olympics and she ended up being sidelined by an injury. Maggie Nichols returns to competition after a couple of knee surgeries and she's trying to smile her way into the Olympic. But Maggie was asking another one of the athletes on the Olympic team about NASA's treatment. She obviously felt a bit uncomfortable about it, a bit weird and raised it with another one of the athletes on the Olympics team and just said, does he do this to you? And a coach overheard her and this coach just knew it didn't feel right and ended up being the one who raised the alarm. But once that coach reported that, and that was within the Olympic team at the time, it was still months and months before any action was really taken. And certainly, you know, I think well over a year before he was convicted in court. Athletes and their families also complain that there's been no movement on another criminal investigation into NASA's friend John Geddert, a former USA gymnastics coach, Geddit and his wife own the gym in Michigan, where a lot of the abuse took place. So Twistar's gym in Michigan was a local gym run by John Geddit and, and his wife, Catherine. But they quickly rose to kind of prominence in the gymnastics world. And John Geddit himself actually ended up being the coach that took the girls to the London 2012 Olympics. So he rose very highly in the ranks as well. But a lot of girls who trained at his gym alleged that he was emotionally and in a couple of cases physically abusive towards them. They talk about a sort of culture of fear at his gym, constantly being told they're fat, being forced to train through quite serious injuries in some cases, lots of girls alleging that they were had to train through broken bones, that he would basically say to them, I don't really believe that you're in pain, I don't understand why you can't keep training. So there's a lot of allegations against him personally but he was also very very close to Larry Nasser and it was at his gym that Larry Nasser basically took over the treatment room and started treating young children and in that room that dozens of girls say Nasser abused them. One girl in particular does allege that Geddick came into the room while Nasser was abusing her and saw and made a sort of derogatory comment and then left and obviously didn't report it. He denies that, but he is under criminal investigation. There was a police raid on his house earlier this year. But the gym itself is still open and operating. Wow. USA Gymnastics have obviously suspended John Geddert, but his wife is still allowed to coach. Now, she is not under criminal investigation. There's no suggestion that she knew what was going on, but she did operate in that gym while NASA was abusing these girls. I was quite surprised when I found that out. I sort of 
assumed I'd made some kind of glaring error. I ended up phoning the gym just to check because I thought, again, I really? just sort of assumed I couldn't possibly be right. And yeah, they picked up, you know, hi, this is this is Twistar's gym. How can I help? And I said, is, is Mrs. Geddett still the head coach? Yes, she is. what it is is symbolic for survivors of how shallow the change has been. John Geddett has been suspended from the sport by USA Gymnastics while the investigation is ongoing. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, the training is so gruelling. It's such a long process. Was there something about that environment that made it easier to cover up what was happening? Absolutely. And I think the gymnastics is a very particular sort of toxic cocktail, if you like, of abuse in in different forms. And a lot of women whose testimonies I've read, they very much feel that the kind of wider atmosphere of emotional and some of them alleged physical abuse meant that when they went to NASA they were sort of broken already that's the way that some of them describe it and actually part of the reason that he was able to do what he did is because he was a very kind very friendly very warm figure to a lot of these girls some of the girls would be starving themselves eating disorders were absolutely rife they would be being told by John Geddert, they alleged that they were too fat, they needed to lose weight, they were often being weighed. This is a problem you see across the sport. 
And Nasser would offer them food. He would smuggle them chocolate bars. They would go to him and he'd be like, I'm so sorry, here, come here, have a hug. Here's a chocolate bar. I can't imagine what kind of day you've had. It must be so difficult for you. And that's why he was so powerful. That's why he was able to do what he did in a lot of ways. It's almost worse, isn't it, when he's he's the good guy in the equation? Absolutely. And, and I think you see that quite often in, in abuse cases. There's an element of grooming involved, but it really shows quite how much the setup and the backdrop enabled him. You know, these athletes were often told to keep training on injuries. I've read testimonies of athletes who trained on broken backs, who trained on broken feet, who were basically made to believe that the pain they were feeling was probably not real. And so a lot of them say they were so disassociated from their own bodies by the time that the abuse happened. How could they ever be expected to identify what was happening to them if they'd been told for so long to not believe in the pain they were feeling, to not believe in the hunger they were feeling? Yeah. Is that why it took so long for him to face justice? Rachel Dan Hollander said to me, you know, you have to remember... The the culture is to separate parents from children quite early on. A lot of these, particularly at the Olympic level, these athletes were sent off to what was called the Caroli Ranch in the absolute middle of nowhere for weeks on end for for training camps. Parents weren't allowed. They, They didn't know what was going on there. They didn't even know which staff were going, what was involved. But that was so normalised. It was normal to send your child off and, and, you know, she wanted to follow her Olympic dream, so you send her to the best people. She also said to me, obviously, you have to remember gymnastics is a very... It's a sport in which contact is is very normalised. It's necessary for a coach to spot their athlete, to maybe handle them through a move in, you know, normally an appropriate way in order to ensure that they're safe. So she said... Obviously, the problem that you then have is that if a child is touched in a way that they don't think is appropriate, A, children often don't know that it for sure is inappropriate and they don't know how to express that. But also they're being touched all the time. So they're kind of used to being touched and they don't know how to distinguish it. And they're also worried that if they speak out, the person who's going to catch them at the end of that scary move or help them along the beam is going to stop doing that. And that's sort of then their safety is at risk even more. So there's lots of elements to gymnastics that make it quite a difficult environment to keep children safe in. There's a lot of normalization of unhealthy dynamics within the sport. And because the parents are separated from their children, partly the parents are are adapted in some cases to this normalization and they don't even realize any longer what's healthy and abusive. Mm-hmm. And then there are many parents that don't that aren't even aware of what's going on because they're not there to see it. It's really interesting that with NASA's case, there's a, a list of other people who are allegedly complicit. Yeah, so a lot of things have emerged in recent years, email trails that seek to ensure that certain allegations don't get out or seek to quietly deal with things, maybe to not pass it on to the relevant authorities. Certainly the first time NASA was let go from USA Gymnastics, he was allowed to announce his own departure. He sort of painted it as a, you know, I've done my time and I'm going to move on to other exciting things. And he was allowed to do that. So I think what a lot of people want answers to is exactly who in USA Gymnastics knew exactly what and when and why didn't they go to the relevant authorities. There are mandatory reporting laws in America that mean that if you find out... Yeah, so if you find out about this kind of thing, you have to go to the authorities, you have to go to the police. I mean, anyone who knows anything about sexual assault claims knows that it's a really important thing to to move quickly to hold someone accountable as soon as possible because every month that went by NASA was abusing another girl there are girls who were abused really right at the end 
of the period in which he was still working who could have been saved, who didn't have to be victims, who didn't have to be part of those hundreds of women. And and I think that's what makes survivors, especially those who spoke out earlier, so angry and feel so betrayed. Steve Penny was the CEO of USA Gymnastics, but he's now been banned from having any involvement in the sport and is facing charges of tampering with evidence. He pleaded not guilty. I mean, this is a horrendous case, but has it just lifted the lid on on stuff that is happening across the board in some of these sort of elite women's sports? Is there a sense that this is far broader than even just gymnastics? Absolutely. USA Swimming have had huge problems. They've had about 250 coaches over 20 years facing discipline charges or criminal charges for sexual abuse or misconduct. There was a big case in France with ice skating, where the head of the Skating Federation resigned after claims that he he was covering up for a coach accused of rape. He denies that. There was an issue with show jumping in Germany, speed skating in South Korea. There have been actually, you know, sports all over the world that have had to reckon with these situations and you know, to varying degrees of success. But it's not just one sport. It's not just you know, one man in the NASA cases. We saw this man in a jumpsuit in court being faced by hundreds of women. He was this awful monster. It was so clear cut. And he went to jail for a very long time. And a lot of people, I think, feel that it's okay to sit back on their laurels and say, well, we dealt with him. But actually, this is this is just the tip of the iceberg. You've been following this case now for some time. What's most surprised you about what you've learned? What's really staggered me, I think, is how dark this world got, how unsuitable a place for children gymnastics ended up being. I think I have questions about to what extent it can change when it's rooted in very young girls, very young Young women, you know, very skimpy outfits. Weight loss is still high on the agenda in many places, if not top of the agenda in some. I think I would, if I had to be honest, I would say I have questions about to what extent that sport can be a safe place, to what extent I would want to send a daughter of mine to a gym to practice gymnastics. So I think that has really, that's really shaken me, I think, learning everything I have because I don't see that having changed yet for the future athletes. And what about Rachel Den Hollander? I mean, what's she doing now and how is she? She's good. She had a baby a couple of years ago, which was sweet. She gave her the middle name of the detective who brought NASA to justice, which I thought was quite a lovely sort of thing to do. She's a lawyer. She speaks a lot about child sexual abuse about you know how to better support children how to create safer environments for children all of these things she's written some books one of the things that she said to me actually which I thought was really powerful is she said you know I I do these talks and I'm often asked how can we create an environment in which you know children or or women feel that they can come forward and and do what you did and, and say what's happening to them and she says that's just placing the emphasis in totally the wrong place you know this should not be a child's burden to bear what we need to be asking ourselves is how do we make it a safe place for a child to be or how do we make it a safe place for a child to just enjoy sport or whatever it is that they're doing 
You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, reporter for The Times and The Sunday Times, Rebecca Myers. You can read more of Rebecca's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producers were Brenna Daldorf and Leona Hamid. The executive producer is Leo Hornack and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you get a chance, please do leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. See you tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.